This is an All Ears English podcast, episode 732, Why You Must Incorporate Parts of Speech When You Learn Vocabulary with Hillary. Welcome to the All Ears English podcast, where you'll finally get real native English conversation and fluency for business and life. We believe in connection, not perfection, when it comes to learning English. Now, here are your hosts, Lindsay McMahon, the English adventurer, and Michelle Kaplan, the New York radio girl, coming to you from Boston and New York City, USA. Today, our guest Hillary will tell you why it's important to incorporate parts of speech when you expand your vocabulary, and she'll give you three simple tips to make use of this smart, time-saving strategy. Today, we have a guest on the show. Our guest taught ESL at the University of Kentucky for many years, and she's also spent five years as a speaking writer for the TOEFL. Now, let's meet our guest, Hillary Miller. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to Ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Hillary, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks. Good. Glad to have you here. Thanks for coming on. So, Hillary, where are you teaching English? Where are you based? Well, I live in Lexington, Kentucky, although I'm originally from New Jersey. Excellent. And why did you decide to get into teaching English? Why are you an English teacher? Well, that's a good question, because this is probably like my third or fourth career. Um, I started as a city planner and then a manager of technical communications. And wow. then I actually stayed home with my three kids and I homeschooled them from kindergarten up to college. And after that, um, I was volunteering as a ESL uh, teacher and decided to go get a graduate uh, school degree in it and I worked at university and now I'm teaching online. So Excellent. it was a I long circular route. <laughs> long history. And to go back to where you're from now, Lexington, Kentucky, I was there this summer actually on a road trip. Isn't that the area where it's quite famous for horse racing? Uh, bourbon thoroughbreds and beautiful women. That's what we're famous for. <laughs> I, I don't know about the beautiful women, but yeah, we have lots and lots of horse farms. So, okay, um, there's amazing horses. Oh, yeah. I was, it was so beautiful. I went out and I watched the morning practice with the horses this summer. Oh, yeah. and, oh, it was so cool. So maybe we can have you on the show another time to talk about your hometown and the culture of Lexington, Kentucky. So we'll uh, see. Sure. That sounds good. Okay. okay. 
Excellent. So let's dive into it today. So Hillary, today you wanted to talk about how you can help our listeners incorporate parts of speech when they study vocabulary. Why is that important? Well, I can give you an example right this second, because I just had a student who was preparing an answer for TOEFL, and he had to talk about um, animals surviving, um, but instead he said animals survival, and he was meaning to use a verb, but he used the noun form. And Mm -hmm. although people are going to be able to understand you when you speak, um, if you use the wrong part of speech, it can hurt your overall fluency. Um, mm-hmm. I think of it as like, um, let's say you're buying a pair of jeans. And so you buy jeans, and they're correct, but you buy the wrong size. And mm-hmm. everybody's going to notice they're the wrong size. So you're wearing jeans. You're using the right word, okay? Um, but it's the wrong size. And mm-hmm. using the wrong form of a verb or of an of a word is is kind of the same thing, and I think sometimes students uh, are not aware that that in English we do have different word forms, and it's yeah. important to understand them. Yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. I agree with you. And as we move up this podcast, our listeners are ready to push through to that next level to really hit that fluency and nuance their understanding of the English language. So this is a good place, you know, for a lot of our listeners, intermediate level learners, it's time to stop using those incorrect forms, right? Okay. Good. So, okay. So Hillary, how can we do it? Do you have three tips today that you can help us with? What would be our first, your first tip in terms of how we can do it? We know it's important, but how do we actually do it? Where do we start? Well, I mean, first of all, you have to be sure you understand what a part of speech is. So when Mm -hmm. I talk about parts of speech, I'm talking about basically nouns, verbs, adjectives, and adverbs, because um, those are the ones that are called open class. Um, We we have lots and lots of them. And Mm -hmm. one thing that that is interesting about English is that often um, we'll have one word, and it'll be the same word for several parts of speech. For example, if I say, do you need some help? I'm using help as a noun. If I say, can I help you? That's Mm -hmm. a verb. And mm-hmm. that confuses students because they think, oh, English is great. I don't really need to worry about parts of speech because here are all these words that do more than one thing. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, that's not always true. So if you take, yeah. for example, the word helpful, um, that is an adjective. And you talk yes. about helpfully, that's an adverb. So mm-hmm. the first tip is that you have to learn parts of speech. Um, If I have a classroom of students, I'll give them an exercise like fill in the blank. So I'll take Mm -hmm. a word out and have them guess what it is. Um, If you're studying on your own, um, you can you can make up exercises for yourself. And all you need to do is just look at a simple sentence and say, what is this word doing here? And and, you know, then then you'll know. I love that. Yeah, that's a good idea. A lot of our listeners are independent learners. So, you know, one way that you guys could do that would be to get the transcripts for this show and go ahead and start circling different parts of speech inside our natural conversations here. I love that. So is that your first tip, Hillary, to just make sure you understand these different parts of speech, nouns, verbs, adjectives, adverbs? Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't go on until you understand what they are. It's just like sizes of genes. I mean, you have to be aware of the different sizes before you can get the right one. 
Yeah, so, I like yeah. that analogy. I like that analogy because if we get the wrong size jean, we're swimming in our jeans or they're too tight and we can't express ourselves in the right way. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Exactly. Good, good. Okay. How about your second tip? What's the second thing that our listeners can do to nail these parts of speech and use them to connect? Well, I'm assuming your listeners are studying vocabulary in some mm-hmm. way or shape or form. So what's I think important is that you recognize that when you're studying one word, um, it might have other forms. So um, a a vocabulary practice that I like for intermediate and advanced learners would be using the academic word list. Um, And the academic word list is very, very helpful because um, it gives you a head word which is sort of the base form of a word, and then it gives you variations. So, for Mm. example, um, that word survive that I just talked about, that's a verb, but it will also tell you that survival is the noun form. So, in other words, when when you're learning a word, learn several parts of the word at the same time. Um, You don't have to learn them all. Um, but focus on the ones that you think you're going to need to know and, and, and learn those right along with the definition of the word itself. It's because yeah. in the long run, it will save you time. Yeah, I love that. It's kind of like we're chunking our learning. We're building more of a context for the word. You know, if we already have the context, we know what analyze means. We can start to guess about what analysis and analyst might mean, right? Exactly. And if you do yeah. that, like you're going to expand your vocabulary exponentially um, because mm. you're going to be able to use this one word in so many different ways. So, yeah, um, I think mm-hmm. I think our listeners are going to love that because our listeners are very focused on saving time, but also getting the best learning experience possible. So this is a way that we could save time and chunk our learning and just do it in a very smart way. It's a smart approach. The most bang for your buck. If you're going to memorize it, get the different forms and feel comfortable with those. Okay. Okay. I love that. I love that. Thank you, Hillary. And what would be your third tip then? Is there a third thing that we can do to kind of master this goal? Well, you got to practice. So, um, what, and and one thing that I'm always concerned about is, um, that people have what I call a mental translator in their head. Um, and, and so they take this word and they sort of translate it in their head and Mm -hmm. then they use it. So one of the things I like to do when people practice is to, instead of translating it into your language, translate it with a mental image. So, for example, um, one word that's so commonly misused is produce and product. So mm. I, what I suggest people do is you, you make up a sentence. So, for example, Apple produces the iPhone or the iPhone is a product. But then take it a step further. So when you're practicing produce, like, Mentally imagine an Apple factory working mm-hmm. away on these iPhones. And yeah. as you're memorizing produce, you're thinking about these, you know, people assembling their little iPhones. Then yep. product, um, think of, think of all the products of the Apple company. So your mm-hmm. iPhone, your iPad, your iPod. Okay. Um, your Mac. So in other words, you're going to practice these words if possible as pairs or triplets, mm-hmm. um, but but you're also going to distinguish between 
um, what, what they mean. So another common uh, one that I hear all the time misused is success and succeed. So if you're trying to memorize success, um, think of a goal, like your goal, like this Mm -hmm. TOEFL score, that's Mm -hmm. success Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. and succeed. That's a verb. Think about the things that you're doing to achieve that goal. That's succeed. So you're not only working with these, um, with these, with these forms of the word in, in some sort of pairs of sentences, but go a step further and, and try to form a mental picture so that, Mm. you know, when you get ready to talk about, you know, let's say you're in a job interview and somebody asks, you know, how do you define success? Um, Mm -hmm. you've already got this like mental image in your mind of what is success. And so, so I think that's, that's just another way to help with this whole vocabulary acquisition process, which I, it's like a lifetime of learning. Excellent. Yeah. Love it. Love it. I like this idea of having imagery, using imagery, using an image in your mind. I mean, situation-based imagery, fantastic for our listeners, especially because they're listening, right? They don't have a video in front of them. So guys, you really need to use your own creativity there and just enjoy it. Enjoy having those images in your head and making up stories in your mind. I love that idea. Well, Hillary, this has been really good. And you've mentioned the TOEFL a little bit. You said that you, you do a little bit of TOEFL training. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do. I know that you are a teacher over at italki and we have you on the show today to talk about a little bit about the classes that you offer over there. Do you mostly only work with TOEFL students or do you work with other students? What do you offer at italki? Um, I really, I like to work with lots of different students um, and actually really, really enjoy beginners. Um, okay. And I've, I tell them it's because they make so much progress. Um, yeah. Cool. However, I also do a lot of work with people on their writing because um, I was a professional writer for years. So um, writing, especially academic writing, is really a specialty of mine. And of Great. course, I do... Um, I do, I do talk about, um, you know, all kinds of language tests because for a lot of students, that's a particular goal that they have to fulfill. Okay. I love that. Hillary, can you tell us your profile link? How do we find your profile after we've registered? Well, it's www.italki.com slash teacher slash three, three, eight, five, seven, four, Okay, excellent. So guys, I want to encourage you to go on over, book yourself a lesson with Hillary. Hillary, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been cool. We've never quite had this angle on an episode yet. So you've given us some, some stuff to think about. All right. Okay. I'm glad to talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I hope to have you on the show again soon. Have a good one. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. listening to All Ears English. And if you believe in connection, not perfection, follow our show wherever you listen to podcasts to make sure you don't miss anything. See you next time.